You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. And welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie's in the Farm Bureau studios this morning. I'm in the country this morning, so I'm drinking a K-cup of Strange Brew Coffee. That's one of the things we haven't talked a whole lot about, Charlie, is the K-cups that they do at Strange Brew. Normally, I brew a big old pot of Strange Brew Blueberry Cobbler Coffee when I'm out here in the country, but uh, today I took the K-cup route, and so I'm sure you were able to go by the Spring Street location, the one that you normally uh, go by. And Charlie, um, hey, man. How about the last two days of Bulldog baseball? Well, I'm going to have a request right out of the box here today, Bart, and that is this. Let's not spend a lot of time breaking down these games individually. Let's hit some high points. But I I think the things that need to be talked about this morning aren't about individual at-bats. It's not about moving a runner or flying out or striking out here and there. This is, I think, a, a time to be macro, not micro. And one of the things you always talk about is, you know, when things are going bad, it's time to get a little bit factual and uh, try to remove some emotion. So that's the mindset, at least, that I'm bringing to things today. So what you're saying is this could either be the shortest Sunday coffee we've ever had in our lives, or this could be the longest Sunday coffee we've ever had in our lives. Well, one thing about it, I I don't want to duck away from tough moments here, and, and that's what we're dealing with. We dealt with this a year ago. We sat here after the Arkansas weekend here. Actually, the first two games, we were having Sunday coffee. And probably one of the bigger, who boy, we've learned a lesson kind of moments that, that we had last season when we were able to say, there's the difference in being the best team in the country and what we are. I don't think Arkansas is the best team in the country right now. So I think what I'd say is there's the difference in being the second or third best team in the conference and what we are right now. And so what I would like to do, Bart, if you're on board, is I would like to go through, let's talk about how we got here. Let's talk about whether we misevaluated in terms of expectations for this team, whether we as a school, as a staff, misevaluated players, whether we're just unlucky with injuries. Um, my thought is let's just, uh, let's just kind of start digging into where we are and why we're here. Uh, but maybe you could set the scene a little bit for us because – before we came on today, you mentioned a number to me, and that was how few hits we've gotten this weekend and how many free base runners we've allowed. Yeah, we've got nine hits this weekend, nine hits in two games. Okay, so how do you couple the ability of not getting on base? You've got to pitch it well. And we've given up 23 free passes this weekend, 11 walks on Friday. You had eight walks yesterday and you add in four hit by pitches, all right? So 23 times you put a guy on base this weekend on a free pass, giving them the base. And that doesn't count the errors. No, no, that does not that does not count, you know, fumbling and throwing away, all right? Yeah, this is I'm just talking about pitching and hitting right now. 
Thank goodness I hadn't jumped into fielding, the third aspect of the game that you got to be good at. And right now, we have not been at a championship level or a good high school level this weekend. But yeah, I think uh, I think you got I think you hit it, Charlie. I really don't want to talk about it. And I think here's the thing: everybody who has watched the first two games is thinking the same thing. My goodness. What is happening? Now, that's eight in a row we've lost to Arkansas. We got swept up there three years ago. Of course, we didn't play in 2020. And then we got swept last year at home. And the first two games this weekend have not been pretty at all. I don't know, 12-5 to five yesterday. That's only a seven-run loss. Eight to one on Friday. So it has not been good. Charlie, I can't remember a time. I guess the SEC tournament last year. And hey, we kind of we kind of disavowed the importance of the SEC tournament last year because you know you're going in the NCAA tournament and you pitch it different over there. But Charlie, I feel like after watching two days of baseball this weekend, kind of like I did deflated over in Hoover last year. Have we had that situation? I know offensively, the first two games of the year, where you were you were one hit in the first game against Long Beach State, and then you get beat 13-3. to But I'm, I'm talking about in all facets. The first two games this weekend, and we said on, you know, on our Thursday deep dig that it was going to be tough to win two out of three this weekend. I was going to spike the football if we won two out of three. That football's flat. But I can't recall a time since the SEC tournament where you just kind of deflated. And add to that, on the Friday ball game, we're down 7 to nothing after three. Yesterday, we're down 8 to nothing after 3, 10 to nothing after 4. We'd have been run-ruled in high school. I know we tacked on some later. So, But you bring up an interesting point. SEC tournament last year where we were just simply not playing good and got run-ruled a couple of times and felt pretty bad about it. And so you say, if you want to be the half-full guy today, you say, well, hey, we've had these ruts before. We can climb out of it. So how do you go about climbing out of it? Well, there were a couple of things that helped last year. Number one, what you just said. It's real easy to disavow the importance of an SEC tournament game and to kind of get up coming into a regional. But let's be honest, we didn't play great through that regional or even the super regional at times. We just kind of got a little hotter, a little hotter as we went. One of the ways that we did that is Will Bednar just pitched out of his mind for two weeks. So I go, step one, how are we going to dig out of this hole we're in? There's kind of two things. What, there's long-term and short-term. Let's take short-term. Let's talk about this season, how do you dig out of it. If you want to use the SEC tournament as a little bit of of kind of an instructive model there, somebody's got to get hot on the mound. And unfortunately, I think we're in a spot where it's somebody's plural, not just one. I mean, that's where you look. That's what we talked about last week or week before last is who's going to be the guy that gets hot? Who's going to be the guy looking up and down the order? Who's going to be the guy that gets hot? And who's going to be the guy in, in the on the staff that gets hot? And, hey, listen, I, I'm not taking shots. I mean, it's easy to, to get negative when you lose two ball games. I, got, I was negative after we lost two to Georgia. Of course, we didn't play great at Georgia the first two games, and we came out the next day and, won, and scored 20 runs. I don't think if we come out today and win 20-4, to four, Charlie, I don't think it's going to mask, like you were talking about a minute ago, from a micro, a macro standpoint, that uh, this team 
has some issues. And so who do you turn to? You start talking about getting guys plural. I mean, we've got guys on our pitching staff right now. They're giving up opponent batting averages higher than anybody we've got hitting on our team. And I'm talking about not just one or two. I'm talking about four or five that the opponent batting average is higher than anybody. Of course, we've only got one guy batting over 300 right now, Cameron James. He's batting, what, one three seventeen? Is that it? And then you got four or five guys out in the bullpen who are surrendering more hits. And, hey, that's not even walks. I mean, that's not even hit batsmen. That's guys getting hits. And so that's the – I mean, I, I was frustrated a minute ago. You talk about giving up free passes. Well, maybe you got guys who are kind of shell-shocked right now because everything they're throwing over the plate is getting come, turned right back around to them. I think you make a great point right there. Sometimes walks are an issue of just control. You can't throw strikes. Sometimes they're an issue of you're scared to throw strikes and you're scared to leave something over the middle of the plate because it's going to get turned back around on you. Right now, Cameron James is hitting 317. We have four pitchers who are allowing opponent batting averages higher than that. And particularly when you get into some situations, you know, we got guys, maybe they're facing righties or lefties, who are, have guys hitting over 500 against them, which is hard to do in batting practice. Now, so there's, there is no magic right here. Nobody, look, we're not getting Houston Harding back. We're not even getting Chase Patrick back, okay? We've got what we've got. And the bottom line is they're just going to have to play better if we are going to have any kind of season that we're proud of having. And so then I'll ask you, I'll give you one. Um, you know, you start to say, all right, let's. who could that be? Um, Casey Hunt could be one of those guys. Now, in fairness, Casey Hunt right now has got an ERA of almost 13. But he's had some issues. He's only pitched five and two-thirds. But he came in, look, he gave up a home run yesterday, solo shot. And I don't care. I don't care at all because he had a little bit of life and he was throwing strikes. He didn't walk anybody. So I'll, I'll give you – there's a nominee right there for a guy. Who is it that can step up and help us a little bit? Uh, Casey Hunt's a guy. Well, you look back to when the season started, he was in the weekend rotation. We thought he was a guy that was going to help us. And, of course, we're, we've talked about this ad nauseum. It is what it is. You lose Landon Sims on that Friday roll – then all of a sudden you lose your Saturday guy in Casey Hunt. You lose one of your better bullpen arms in Stone Simmons. Hey, we've talked about that, and that just, like I said, write that in magic marker. It is what it is, and it ain't changing. So you bring up, let's just do a Q&A. Let me, let me ask you some questions. Here's some questions I've been getting, Charlie. And, um, you know, and hey, I have very positive, we talk about our text groups all the time. I have some very positive friends. I have some friends that, I could be mowing the yard, and all of a sudden I start getting texts from certain guys that are friends, and they'll always be friends, and I know what's going on in the game, even though I don't know what's going on in the game. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you've got the certain guys that, that text you anytime something negative happens. And so I'm, I'm, I'll look down at my phone and see who it's from. I haven't even opened up the text yet, and I know what the score of the ball game is. Are you talking about me? I mean, I'm I'm not willing to throw anybody under the bus, Charlie. I said I have friends who are positive. I have some that are negative. And one of the things that may help you in this situation is I am not going to name names. Well, unfortunately, I think I sometimes fall into both categories. I am like a lot of people during the moment I can be negative, and then 
I come back around and I think I'm just a contrarian. All right, but here's the deal though. If you're going to ask me some things, I'm going to turn some back on you. So um, I'll let you go first and let's just take it head on. Okay. One of the first questions I had, and first of all, you're in a couple of different text groups with people and it's, it's guilt by association is what it is. If you're in with one, uh, one or two certain people, then I know it's a negative conversation. If you're in with a, a couple other people, I know that you're the positive out of those people, and so you may be saying something positive there. So you're guilt by association. Now, if, if you're in with a couple other guys, and I see Charlie and X and X and X, these three names, then I know, uh-oh, all right, we're not playing well right now. All right, so the question, first of all, the question I have, how do you fall so far so fast? That's the thing. Now I go back to injuries, but we're, we're, we got multiple issues. It's not just it's not just pitching; it's hitting first. Let's let's talk about pitching. And you kind of knew what you had coming back. We used a ton of people last year. We had a huge staff. We had twenty five pitchers. It seemed like or thirty pitchers. It seemed like that pitched last year. And so now all of a sudden, one year later, you're talking about lack of depth in a pitching staff and you talk about throwing guys out there that at times in matchup situations against the opposing left on right, right on left, whatever the batting over 500. How do you get to this point? How did, how did we get to the point of saying, Oh my, when somebody comes trotting in from the bullpen, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. And I think you have to go back a couple of years to break it all down. We talked last year several times about the difficulties that were being created by having a large roster of pitchers. We were having to work really hard to get guys turns across the mound. We were having to have some guys in startable running bullpen sessions while other guys are at games. It was really tough to manage. And when it becomes tough to manage, a few things happen. One, it stunts development of some guys because they don't get to throw enough on the mound like they need to. Two, it encourages some guys to leave. Now, we've seen Davis Rokos, Xavier Lovett, Dylan Carmouche, Chase Patrick, I think, had a year of eligibility. He's not here. There's others. And so we've seen guys leave. And even the guys who have left, let me be fair, none of them have numbers right now that make you say, let's go get them back. So then what it leads to is, one, you have that stunted growth. I think, two, then you got to get into the question of are we evaluating the guys the way we need to? And that's a really difficult question to start taking apart because, look, in many cases we've had guys come in here and be successful. Some guys aren't. Um, Then you go – the other thing I think, too, is this is a hitting league this year. This league is filled with hitters, and there's kind of a new normal that I think you have to adjust to a little bit in terms of what pitching success looks like. There aren't many guys in this league who are going to be dominant, even the way we saw a year ago, two and three years ago. If you look, a lot of our Friday night scores have more runs put up. They're not always two-to-one games. So I still blame a little bit of it on kind of the the logjam of pitchers we had last year. And then, just to be real candid, one of the things that I don't like is that you see a guy who's the best pitcher at Missouri transfer – and he's going to Tennessee and not here. I don't know. We've talked so many times about in college baseball how the game changes. The baseballs change. The bats change. And sometimes you get caught a little bit. And I wonder if we got caught a little bit in terms of getting active in the portal 
because our door was swinging one way in the portal last year, and that was guys coming out, not in. Now, you could ask yourself, too, does it make it that much harder for a guy to say, hey, I want to go there when it's perceived that there's too many pitchers there already and people are leaving? But I think all that goes into it. I think we got caught in a bad spot, and if I were running things, we would hammer the portal for pitching with no mercy this year. So that brings up the point. That's what I was going to ask is, you know, Doolander at Tennessee has been lights out. Halverson hasn't pitched yet. He's a transfer from Missouri, and he, he may be coming back sooner or later. And, you know, I, I know the answer, hey, we had COVID going on. We had – everybody else had COVID going on. Everybody else had a situation of we can't go see players because of COVID restrictions and can't be out on the road. Everybody else has had to go through the same – I mean, this is not just a Mississippi State problem. And so you can't use COVID as an excuse. I don't want to hear COVID as an excuse – when Tennessee's doing what they're doing. You look at Tennessee right now, they're the best team in the country, hands down. And they've gotten some transfer guys. Arkansas, who has beaten us twice this weekend, got some transfer guys. And so you go back to the point, Charlie, about the portal and using the portal. I, I don't know. I mean, I, so let me ask you this question. And, and, and literally, I, I don't know the answer to this. I mean, I know this is probably a compliance issue, and this is probably a, a situation of setting up an outside entity. But and, and I know everybody in the world scouts. If, if you want to be you know different than everybody else, why don't you just have a scouting department? And I know you you can only have certain guys out on the road. And I know there are scouting services out there. But I want to take away everything to do with handlers. I want to take away everything to do with agents. I want to take away everything to do with assistant coaches who are trying to get head jobs. I want to take everything away from you know scouting you know services. And I, I don't want to. I hate to say D one baseball, but their recruiting rankings mean nothing to me because it's all about the guys that they talk to and try to prop up their coaches, their bases, selling subscriptions. I'm talking about putting three or four guys out on the road and saying, "Okay, we're going to go scout Campbell and Georgia Southern this weekend, and here's a guy that may transfer, or may not transfer." These are junior college guys that you got to have. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? Am I wrong by saying that? I know, like I said, I know you can only have just a few guys out on the road, but can you just you know, create your own third party that goes out and just scouts like you see in Major League Baseball? That's a good question, and I'm sure there's some compliance issues there that I don't know the answer to. But if you think about in football, we talk about having a recruiting analyst and boy, it seems like there's more and more analysts everywhere in football these days. Um, you know, two guys who've coached baseball and been around uh, with a 52-inch and an ESPN Plus subscription could tell you a lot because there's a lot that goes on on Tuesday nights where it may be Kent State and Kentucky playing, and you can just take a look and kind of say, who's who? Um, you know, Samford could be playing somebody. Speak of Samford, Sonny Deshara, who's at Auburn, absolutely doing good things. So I think that's part of it. I think, though, and I want to be very, very clear when I say this, this isn't criticism of the players. It's not criticism of the coaches or anybody. I mean, because they're sitting around looking for answers just like we are. The injuries are obviously a factor. Let, let, but let's get that out of the way because those guys probably aren't pitching here again. you got to now figure out where you're going. I think maybe something like that works. Maybe, a, you know, I hate it for high school kids 
because we're going to take away a lot of opportunities for those guys, I'm afraid. But I think you almost have to kind of split your recruiting efforts at this point between um, kind of there's three groups of people, right? There's high school kids. There are kids who are in junior college. And then there are kids who might could be pulled into the portal through whatever means uh, that may be deemed legal. The, what we're talking about right now is getting things turned around in the short term. No matter how, how many re- commitments you take from a ninth grader right now, it's not going to change. Now, I understand everybody's out there taking early commitments, and I know they really you know don't mean just a whole lot. But unless it's a top 15 recruit, unless it's a top 20 guy in that class, in today's world of transfer portal – and going, hey, we got the, we all, we beat our chest. We got the best stadium in the country. We got the best fan base in the country. We got, you know, we got the best and greatest. I mean, hey, <laughs> you got to go out there and use that on the short term. And I know you got to build a program with high school guys. And hey, I, I mean, and you got to build it with junior college guys. Junior college, and listen, I'm a junior college guy. We talked to Wes Thickpin the other day, the head coach at Jones. Wes is one of my favorite people in the world. I have a lot of ties to the junior college system. But using junior college guys at this level in the Southeastern Conference, when you're trying to be a top 10, top five program, it's one or two guys. You can have one, two, three guys kind of as a field gap. I mean, I look out there, man, we we got a ton of junior college guys. I mean, a ton of junior college guys. And, I mean, it's almost on the same scale as a South Alabama or Louisiana Monroe. And so you ask yourself the question, did we see these guys and think that they were the elite level in college baseball? Or was it a situation of COVID coming through and that was just kind of what we knew? We knew the junior college system and we got a little too heavy with it. I think it's maybe a little bit of all the above, but, you know, you take a guy like Preston Johnson, who's a JUCO guy, you like having him. I think he's a guy because of where he went to school, because of, you know, not everybody plays the same travel ball circuits. And that's one of the things I get frustrated about now is kind of like it's all just perfect game all-stars. Um, but he he wasn't in that mold, and that's a guy that can get overlooked, and that's a guy who you're obviously really glad to have. I mean, the guy – and I look, when it comes to Preston Johnson, you know, I feel a little bit bad for him because he's been put in a spot where he didn't really belong. And that's not a knock on him, but Preston Johnson was really good doing what he did last year. He'd be a really good Sunday guy, but he just has kind of stepped up. He hadn't complained. He's kept you in ball games. He he's given you a chance to compete. So look, I'd take him every time I could get him. Um, but yeah, look, that's going to take some time. The good news about transfers, the good news about JUCO guys, is they can get here in a hurry. That's one of those you can have them next year. The high school kids, And this is one of the things, too, if you want to be fair about it in looking at Chris Lamontis, we have a lot of guys on this team, good and bad, I mean, who committed a long time ago. And so it's still going to be some time before some of their guys trickle through. But I think we kind of need some gap fillers. And then I go back to something we said earlier, Bart, we got to have some guys play better. And and the thing I think that we've got to point out, too, is – not all our guys are playing bad. Like, I'm looking on the offensive side. We have games that we don't put up runs. Cameron James is having a good year at the plate. Brad Cumbest is having a good year. Hunter Hines is having a good year. Logan Tanner. And for Kellum Clark right now, the way he started to be hitting 282 with eight home runs, he's got an OPS over 1,000. 
R.J. Yeager is hitting 280 after the terribly slow start he had. So it's not all – I, I want to be – I feel like I've gotten just a little overly kind of sour today, and that's not at all where I'm I'm going. Um, but I'm going to give you one – I'm going to turn one back on you, Bart. Um, you kind of asked the question about where do we go, and I was saying, you know, you kind of got those three groups. Maybe we got to move a little harder to the transfer group for a little while to help get us through some stuff. When I think about our team last year, when I think about John Cohen's teams that were really good, what I see is kind of one common element. It, a lot of people remember Tanner Allen as the player of the year. I remember Tanner Allen as just being as crazy as this sounds. And I get it he was highly recruited, but I think of Tanner Allen way more blue-collar than I think of him as blue-chip. Does that make sense? Like, you, you take the guy playing first base, Stovall for Arkansas, that's a blue chipper. All right, I get that. But Tanner Allen had just some dog in him. He had a little bit of an edge to him. And I wonder if we don't need to be really careful going forward, getting guys who care more about winning than being drafted, more about just kind of getting dirty uh, than posing for home runs. That's not a knock at anybody that I have, but that's where baseball seems to be going. And I, I just wonder if we need a little bit of just dog in us. Yeah, and that's uh, that's exactly the point right there. We were talking about when you start talking about pitching in that same way, and I feel like I'm being negative, Charlie, and I really have been, and I apologize for that if, if I have. And you know, We're just trying to figure it out like everybody else. You know, from that standpoint on the pitching side is don't tell me the velocity. Don't tell me this guy on a radar gun throws 95. Instead of throwers, and of course, you can make a thrower into a pitcher. But what did we talk to Roger Clemens about last year? He was a pitcher who could just throw hard. I want a pitcher. And along those lines of what you're talking about, blue-collar players, and it's almost like junior college guys. You can, you can recruit at the highest levels, and you can get the blue-chip guys. But you also have to have a few stop, you know, you hate to say stop gap fillers with blue-collar guys. You've still got to have some of those guys. on. You've got to have some dogs on your team mixed in there. And so you can't just fall in love with blue chip and recruiting rankings. Because let me tell you, recruiting rankings to me, especially in baseball, they don't they don't mean a whole lot. Would you take a Jonathan Ogden right now? Absolutely. I take a Jonathan Ogden right now. I take a CT Bradford right now. Because there are holes out there right now that I would take a blue collar guy and I would sit there and say, man, I'm just proud to have this glue right now. There are several guys out there that on that 2010 team that went 6-24 and 24 in the league. There are several guys on that team right there that I would love to have on this team. I think of kind of when the turn was made when John Cohen came in. You think about your thick pins, your Amaratis, your C.T. Bradfords. I mean, there were a lot. Jared Parks. I mean, you think about guys who just kind of had something to them that really wanted to win. Um, you know, you think about a Russ Sneed. I mean, there was just some guys. I'd take Grant Hogue right now. Oh, my gosh. How, and how many can I take? Uh, give me all the Grant Hogues. Man, Charlie, I go back. Man, I hate the, hate the thought of – I feel like we're kind of piling on. And, and that's, that's really not where I want to go with this at all. But, you know, I guess the thing that – you know, resonates coming back. And I've got a bunch of questions which could turn this into the longest Sunday coffee ever. 
But I think the thing that just comes back to it is, you know, something has to change. There, there's whether it's be whether it be recruiting, whether it be evaluation of talent that is at the high school level, the junior college level, or other Division One player uh, players that you may want to get in the transfer portal. Uh, looking at us right now, and like I said, we could come out today and score 20 runs. We could beat Arkansas 20 to five with Jackson Wiggins on the mound for Arkansas. I tell you what, he's been good. Um, yeah, that, that's one thing I guess we can do tomorrow on our Monday show. Let's take a more detailed look at this past weekend. But man, something um, something has to click a little bit differently right now because we're we're having difficulties in all three facets, whether it be hitting, whether it be pitching, whether it be infield defense. We're having troubles in three places, and uh, you know it may not change this year. And so that's that's the question. I mean, is this you know people before the season started? Hey, this is the these are the losses that hurt you in having being a national seed, and then we we're having losses. Man, these are the losses that hurt you in being a host. Let me tell you, man. You look at our RPI right now; that's hovering around one hundred. And we're about to be through three SEC weekends. And you start looking up, and yeah, we you've got a chance to improve it, no doubt. But we got to improve it because if you don't improve it, I mean, you're talking about being on the best side, a three seed in Corvallis. Well, I like Corvallis, uh, not necessarily as a road team or a three seed. <laughs> so, so let, let me give you kind of the the bright side to all this. And I think one of the most important things right now is that this team figure out a way not to tank mentally. It's real easy to give up on a season, particularly when you're coming off a championship. And that's one of the things that we've got a bold, underlined, star, italicized. We're defending national champions. Life's, you know, there are a whole lot of people that would like to have our problems right now. So this is not, you know, I'm not miserable or anything like that. Um, and in fact, if you'd have listened to my wish list last year, I said I would never complain if we could just get a championship one time. Kind of wish I'd maybe asked for a dynasty uh, instead of one championship, but here we are. But so let me let me give you kind of the, the good news. Number one, you've got a nucleus on this team offensively who is perfectly capable of getting us going on offense. Cameron James, Brad Combust, Hunter Hines, Logan Tanner, Callum Clark, even R.J. Yeager. Number two, we got some guys who aren't hitting who can. Luke Hancock is a better hitter than he is playing, but it's almost like he may have gotten in his head a little bit, and we just need him to kind of get loosened up and get playing again. Luke Hancock is not a two thirty eight hitter. That's what the stats say, but that's not who he is. And so then you go to the bench and you say, look, if an Aaron Downs can get healthy – that guy can still help you. You know, Von Siebert in limited bats hitting 296. Drew McGowan's hitting 333. So we've got opportunities. We just need some guys to pick it up. Pitching, you start to say, well, there's, you know, kind of the other big thing. You know, can hitting get better? Yes, but it's got the pieces to do it. Can pitching get better? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to have to make some tough decisions kind of going forward about how we're going to attack the weekend. Are we just basically going to say, hey, we're, we're punting on Fridays? Um, or do we want to look at moving a Cade Smith there and bumping Preston Johnson back to Saturday and maybe Parker Stinnett back to Sunday? You know, Because I think right now, I don't think I'm being controversial in saying this, at least 
and who knows what will happen today. Cade Smith's probably your best guy right now. And he's elite. Is he perfect? No, but he's pretty good. So what do you do with him? Um, you know, Brooks Auger's pitching well. Um, Brooks Auger is – look, he's pitching – opponents are hitting 125 off of him. Is, is he perfect? No, but um, his walks are a little high, but he's okay. Pico Khan has showed you some flashes that he can be okay. Brandon Smith will get hit, but he doesn't beat himself. How about this for Brandon Smith? Brandon Smith has 22 strikeouts, just two walks. Now, again, like I said, he gets hit. But you know what I like about him? When you're in a ball game where it's just, you know, one of those comedies of guys getting hit, plunked, wild pitches, you can at least bring in Brandon Smith and, and know they're going to have to put it in play and give your defense a chance. Cole Cheatham looked good. So are there elements that can come together? Yeah, but I think if baseball was the old Yogi Berra deal, it's 90% half mental. If the mental aspect gets away from us, this could turn into an ugly season, and not just ugly, but epically so. If things come together, I think this team has a chance to be a two-seed on the West Coast. So along those lines of what you just said and the, and the guys you talked about, and it was it's a little unfair going back and talking about the 23 free passes and, and how you pitched this weekend and your opponent's batting average on some of these guys. The slow starts of being down early have dictated some of that because you haven't used a Brooks Auger this weekend. You haven't used a Brandon Smith. You haven't used a Pico Con. And the reason is, is you're not going to burn those guys down eight to nothing in the third inning. You're just not going to do it. And so the weekend, the poor starts that you've gotten so far in Arkansas's ability to jump out to early leads has dictated a lot of what you've seen overall in our stats this weekend. And so that being said, that's kind of the silver lining is, well, the positive is, is we got a bunch of guys to get throw today. Uh, the negative is you got a chance to win just one game. Now, the thing you can't do today is jump out there and, and give up a four spot in the second inning again today. Hey, one of the things we haven't talked about, of course, you're in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with a home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Our great friends at Farm Bureau, once again, part of our Sunday coffee, but also strange brew coffee. I talked about having the pod this morning. I've got the blueberry cobbler pods uh, here. I'm drinking out of the K-Cup this morning here on the farm. And strange brew with three locations, Startwell, got two, Spring Street and Highway 12, University Drive, and then in Tupelo at Brupolo. Uh, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, order any of that coffee. That's what I did is I just ordered some uh, K-Cups online Got them sent right here to the house. Have them this morning. They've got it at Woody's and Noxipater as well. If you want to uh, to get some pods or just get uh, some strange brew coffee. And so, anyway, uh, Charlie, just to kind of round it back out. And like I said, we could we could turn this into the longest thing ever. At the end of the day, something's got to you know something's got to change a little bit. And we kind of are who we are right now. We're a very volatile team. We're a very inconsistent team. So is it out of the realm of possibility that we could come out and win today? Absolutely not. No. I mean, we, we could come out and win today. We could. I can't wait to see the lineup because you always wonder at a time like this, at what point the coaching staff just goes, you know what? We're just doing a fruit basket turnover. 
We're going to shake things up. Cameron James, you're going to second. You know, you're going to center. And, and just try some different things to see what happens. I don't know how I would attack it if I were coaching, but here's the good news for today. You got Cade Smith going. You still got Auger sitting out there in the pen. You still got Pico that you can use. You got pitching for today as good as you're going to have. But I think it is really important for us to get some big hits early, try to get some confidence. If we come home four and five with a win today, then I think you and I are getting together tomorrow and we're saying, all right, we can get the wheels back on this thing. What you don't want to see is to get run ruled again and, and you come home. And I know we didn't technically get run ruled, figuratively speaking, but you don't want to see that type of game today. If it does, we'll have a pretty tough time, I'm afraid, picking up the pieces tomorrow. And you say, well, you shouldn't react that much to one game. It's not just one game. It's kind of the series of where we are. It's it's the circumstances that we face. We're a 16-12 and 12 team right now. That's a lot of losses. But we also have some talent on this team. We've got some young players on this team. I still think it's going to be interesting. One thing we know about Chris, he'll move some guys around. He'll try some stuff. He'll push buttons. I think he's been banging the hell out of the dashboard here, trying to hit buttons and do things. But I don't think it's very likely that we're just going to keep rolling the balls out there and trying to do the same thing. I, I think this guy's going to fight through the end, and I think what we'll see is we'll have some players do that also. Hope we see it today because you don't want to go three and six in this league. No, and, and that's the positive is you do have a coaching staff that is willing to press buttons. You do have a coaching staff who is willing to make some changes. Now the question becomes, too, today is the day you blow it up because you're on the road and this is a chance to win a game in the SEC, or do you wait to Tuesday night and see you know, Cameron James at second and R.J. Yeager just finally moving him over to shortstop and, and just settling him in at shortstop and just trying to figure out what to do at second base and at third and center field. You know that they are pr- trying to press every button. On the, that's the positive is this is a coaching staff that has – in the past, made moves. And so, hey, looking back on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig this past Thursday, I looked at Michael Turner as my player to watch this weekend. You had Robert Moore. You know, Robert Moore's had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, and your guy Michael Turner won for eight on the weekend. So, I'm you know, back-to-back weeks, I haven't been very good. I tell you the guy that we should both kick ourselves for not picking, and we talked about it and we knew better, was Jalen Battles. Jalen Battles on Friday goes two for four, drives in three, scores twice. Come back yesterday, he goes one for three, scores twice, plays good defense. And then, you know, how about this? We talked about Brady Slavens, and we talked about how Slavens was 0 for 17 in league play. Slavens had struck out 10 of his 17 times to the plate in league play. And we're like, boy, that guy's really struggling. Doesn't play in the ballgame Friday and then yesterday. Goes two for four, three RBIs, has a home run, walks once. So the tracks plus deep dig turned Brady Slavens back into an All-American. Yeah, we knew it had those capabilities. And, of course, Tracks Plus with four locations are good friends at Tracks Plus with that Saney equipment with the excavators and mini excavators, Barco equipment for the Forester, You've got the Demi Seamoff headers for those Barco Foresters, uh, those mulchers. And, man, you look at uh, Massey Ferguson with 
the implements and the tractors that they have at three of the four locations in Hickory, Mississippi, Summit, Louis- Summit, Mississippi, and then Alexandria, Louisiana. Of course, they have a location in Starkville, Columbus as well. So our great friends at Trax Plus. We had our Trax Plus deep dig on Thursday. All right, Charlie. Um, hey, listen, got another chance today, 2 o'clock. I apologize for my negativity. I've kind of talked myself into a decent mood right now. I started out kind of negative. This, this talking about it has helped us, has helped me from a mental standpoint this morning. And so, um, hey, get after it again today. See if you can get one in Fayetteville. And to be honest with you, getting one in Fayetteville is, uh, is not terrible. No, it's not. This is a good baseball team we're playing. What I want to see us do, though, is get in the game. I want to see us compete a little bit today. I want to see us win. And then, look, LSU's not playing great. You come back, who knows, maybe take two out of three next weekend and all of a sudden all is right with the world. I want to see these guys get hot. I want to see these guys kind of get back to playing the kind of baseball we know they're capable of playing. It's one of those things where it's kind of an overused idea, but you almost need the closed-door meeting, right, of guys, we're better than this, we can play better than this. I know we've talked about where you can go, but, look, I like our pieces. I like I like a lot of our guys. This isn't a knock on them. We just need some more of them. Um, you know, in the bullpen right now, you've had injuries. We just don't have enough bullets. We need more. And they're not coming this year. So, in the meantime, we got to hit a little better and make up for it. we got to defend better because we sure can't be giving up free stuff. And I think the message to the pitching staff is, I'm going to leave you in there. They can hit back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs, and you're going to keep pitching. But you give up back-to-back-to-back-to-back walks again, and you're going to be buried for a while. So uh, the only cardinal sin on my team right now as a pitching staff um, would be hitting guys and walking guys as opposed to getting hit. Yep, I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, Charlie. Hey, enjoyed it. Sunday coffee. Once again, thanks to our great fine sponsors, Tracks Plus, Strange Brew Coffee, Strange Brew with three locations, Farm Bureau, where the Farm Bureau Studios, or Charlie is, and then our good friends at Bank First, Bank First, better way to bank, bankfirstfs.com. And so, hey, for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.